0: In Isaiah, it was foretold that Jesus would be born 700 years before he came. And the prophet Isaiah said, a child shall be born, a son will be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. You will name him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And his government will have no end. Thanks for coming to be a part of a Christmas Eve service, which I think helps recalibrate and sets the day for tomorrow. I know that many of you uh, have Christmas traditions that actually sort of bring about uh, the activity for Christmas on um, this particular evening. And so we'll share just briefly the Christmas story, and then we'll sing some carols and let you be on your way. But to recalibrate... We must center ourselves on Jesus. And um, I'm going to ask if we can just turn the lights up a little bit, because this is family time. And as family time, I want to see my family, my church family. Some of you know that the Bowman family, there's six of us. My wife and I have four children from ages 25 down to 14. We uh, hail from the Midwest, from Indiana. And when we moved here five years ago, one of the hard things was being able to slip away from family, especially for the holidays, but I've made a commitment uh, to my mom, at least as long as she is alive, that we would try to get back for Christmas. But that requires some changing of our family traditions in our household, which means that uh, Christmas Eve really becomes our Christmas day. And so last night, Santa comes a day early at our house, and, uh, Sibling gifts are exchanged, and we share together, and we read the Christmas story. Um, and I always get new jammies every every Christmas Eve, you know. i got a whole pile of Christmas jammies. I'm just glad my wife got onesies for everybody last night, and I'm glad she didn't try to put me in a onesie. <laughs> but they looked warm. But what happens in our Christmas... Eve Day, which is our Christmas Day, is we get up, we exchange the gifts, we have meal, and then we come and prepare for being a part of this time together here. But then right after this service, we get in a vehicle, and we drive to LAX, and we fly the Red Eye back to Indiana. And I told my mom on the phone last week, I said, I will see you for breakfast at 7.30 a.m. on Christmas Day. And so we have... Uh, A bit of time for us here yet this evening our family but one of the things that's been our tradition is to be able to read the christmas story to recalibrate and center our lives on who jesus christ is and why god brought him to this earth and so i want to have your hearts turn towards luke and i'm just going to read the christmas story and maybe you have scriptures with you or the scripture on a mobile device but i want you to climb with me back to that silent night of 2,000 plus years ago, and recall the event that rocked and changed our world. A lot of people don't think maybe it rocked and changed our world when we see our world today, but our our calendar is numbered by the very transition of Christ coming into the world. It says this in Luke, in Luke chapter 1 verse 26, in the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Relative of Mary, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, I don't know what your comprehension of Mary is. She was, you know, a a great young woman, but she was actually uh, in her teen years. And uh, that was sort of the culture and tradition of, of getting betrothed and then married, was at a very young age, she's was possibly 16 uh, years old. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I'm sure you'd be troubled as well. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What a proclamation from that angel to the young Mary. How will this be? (laughs) Mary asked the angel. Since um, like I am a virgin, I have not been with a man. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be to me. May it be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Do you have a hard time believing in the virgin birth? I mean, it's part of the tradition, right, of Christmas, the Virgin Mary. But comprehend that, that she was a virgin having never been in physical relationship with a man. And she conceived, she conceived from the Holy Spirit. You know, if you're a skeptic and, and maybe you've sort of been in that camp or other even uh, been a Christian for a while, you still got some skepticisms on this issue. The reality of the virgin birth is uh, easier for us to deal with than it is for people who don't believe in God. If you don't believe in God, then you've got to explain how everything we have today was birthed from nothing. And so an atheist is actually has a a greater faith element than someone who would believe in the virgin birth. So the monkey's not on your back if you believe in a virgin uh, birth, but it's really on the reality that this whole world came into existence from something. And we know that it didn't come from something, it came from someone, God himself. In fact, Jesus Christ, the one who was born into this world, is the one who was said to have created all things. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree... That a census should be taken in the entire Roman world of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn. A son, she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Uh, we kicked off singing about it tonight. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news. That will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was, trying, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, Mary, she treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things which they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name that angel had given him before he was conceived and that name jesus yeshua savior joshua was the foremost name but the name of jesus is embellished in the greater names from isaiah wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace The Prince of Peace aspect. I have the slide here. The Prince of Peace really anchors well the heart of what Jesus came to do. We mentioned it Sunday, but let me endear yourself a little bit more to it. The angels proclaimed, did they proclaim material wealth? Did they claim power, notoriety? Did they claim pleasure? No, they proclaimed peace on earth, goodwill to men. And that peace comes through Jesus himself when the one who is the Prince of Peace comes into our life. If you and I are looking for peace, the peace of God, we cannot have the peace of God through his Son unless we have peace with God. I'm always amazed at how This time of year, with all the pre-planning that we can do and and hopes of slowing down, it still seems to be a very fast-paced month in a couple days. And as I was reflecting this afternoon in the midst of a lot of our activity in our home, I had to ask myself, Lord, why is it hard for me to have the peace in the midst of what should be great family traditions? And it wasn't just because, oh, we got a plane ride tonight, or we got got to pull off service or something like that. There's something that doesn't settle well with me. And it's because there's longing for something more. And I think that that more sometimes is something that I don't have, whether it's it's financial means or whether it's time or, or, or whether it's some type of, I don't know, position or some type of sense of, of relationship and, and different dimensions. Why is there anxiety within us and there's not a sense of peace? Have you ever asked yourself that question? And I ask you that tonight. Why don't you have peace? Is it that you're looking for something that you cannot find on this earth? Or maybe you're looking for something you think this earth gives, but you've not yet discovered that it's not going to fulfill the longings of your heart. There's people that spend their whole life on a career trajectory, scaling and climbing a ladder of success, and then they get to the top of the ladder and they realize that they're not fulfilled in all the success that they've had. People practice football their whole life long, and they make it to the NFL, and even to the Super Bowl, and they win the Super Bowl, and then the day after the Super Bowl, if some of them are honest with you, they'll say, that was great, we won, and, but it wasn't quite the pinnacle experience that you thought. It's said sometimes that the loneliest moment in life is when you have experienced that which you thought would bring you fulfillment, and it's let you down. And so as I was pondering it today, I was thinking, well, maybe some of my lack of peace is I'm still trying to climb the wrong ladders. And I have to know that the experience of this world is not going to bring more peace, but the experience of knowing Jesus Christ himself and having peace with God through him will. And so can I recalibrate my life today, Lord? with my own family, as I head back to extended family on my side and my wife's side, can I live in a place of more experience of you, Jesus, and find peace? And so I just want to encourage us tonight. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the one who the angels herald and said, peace on earth, goodwill to men, that one who came to bring peace, will bring it to your life if you allow him to reign in your life every single day and every moment of every day. You see, in some of my anxiety today, I didn't need to go out to a store, to the mall, thank goodness. I had the peace, the Prince of Peace there with me, not beside me, not in front of me, but within me. And I have to center myself in and worship him. And that's what the shepherds did. The long for awaited Messiah, the one that Isaiah spoke about 700 years prior, they'd been waiting on. It's like the Prince of Peace, he's here. And so there was this rush to see the newborn child. And things were just as they had been told. And they left with their hearts full. Because the one they had longed for was now present. The Prince of Peace is coming back again someday. It's called the parousia. You ever heard that word? Just say that word. It sounds so great. Parousia. It means second coming or a, a catching up or a presence aspect and the one who is the Prince of Peace who came to establish peace in your heart and life, if you will choose but tonight to surrender your life and let the Prince of Peace come in and take leadership of your life, that Prince of Peace is coming back to establish an earthly Prince of Peace. And there will be no more stress then. There will be no more fear of scarcity, of not having enough power or prosperity or pleasure. There will be peace and contentment because we will live in his face-to-face presence. In a new heaven and a new earth, the Prince of Peace will truly establish his reign. And this world will not be demolished and destroyed and done away with and you go sleep on a cloud. He creates a new earth and a new heaven. And the heavens is almost another dimension, really, that is close at hand. It's not way out there in outer space. I don't fully understand it all. And I've studied theology and contemplated it for years. But I believe that God, through his spirit, is present here. And that God, through his son, is coming again to establish his reign. And for us, as a family, on our night before our Christmas Day... There's two stories that we read, just sort of been a tradition. All the way back when we were little kids, I think we did it so we could get them to go to bed. But we would read the Christmas story, and many times it was acted out with figurines and, and even dramatized sometimes, but then we would say, All right, kids, now we're going to read The Night Before Christmas. And then we're going to set out the cookies and the milk. And you're all going to go to bed. Santa's got work to do before he can come. (laughs) This is not the version that we read. But this is a version, and maybe you've heard it before, of the night before, not Christmas, but the night before Jesus came again put to that poem so kids tonight listen up this is for you as well as your mom and dad it the night before jesus came and all through the house not a creature was praying not one in the house their bibles were laying on the shelf without care and hopes that jesus would not come there the children were dressing to crawl into bed not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead And mom in her rocker with baby on her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew in a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a light like the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this must be the day. The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning, just like he'd said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him in spite of myself. In the book of life, which he held in his hand, was written the name of every saved man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name when he said, it's not here. My head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but it was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my fate. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if only I had been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one life, and when comes the last call, we'll find that the Bible was true after all. Joe and team, would you come? Parousia, the second coming of Christ, is described in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4 where it describes that all creation is waiting patiently and hopefully for that future day when God will resurrect his children. For the Lord himself will come down with a shout and with a soul-stirring cry of the archangel and the great trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first to meet the Lord, and then we who are still alive will be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we remain with him forever. When Jesus... Was born, he lived this perfect life. He died on a cross for our sins. He was raised from the grave. And if we place our belief in him, we have the forgiveness of our sins. If we receive the Prince of Peace into our life, we are able to establish the peace with God so that we can have the peace of God. Jesus came to live a life to show what a life was fully alive like. When Jesus had been raised from the dead after 40 days, he ascended to the heavens and the angels came to those who were gawking and said, what are you looking at? This same Jesus has gone into heaven, will come back in the same manner. And then he commissioned them to go into all the world and to preach the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. And that's why we gather here on a Christmas Eve to be able to preach and to share and articulate the good news that Jesus Christ came. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace has predicted he came. That was 700 years before tonight, I mean, before Jesus came. What about tonight? How many more years do we have until Jesus returns again? Is it, is it another 700? My goodness, he's been gone for 2,000, so maybe we've already outlasted that by a long shot. What if Jesus was to come back tonight? Oh, Carrie, that's, that's a hypothetical. It's sort of nice to believe in that. Friends, it was dark when Jesus came the first time. And though they longed for a Messiah, they did not expect God's entrance into the world that night. The shepherds were shocked when the angels proclaimed. We could hear the angels proclaim tonight. The parousia could happen tonight. It could happen Tomorrow. Sometimes with our Christian churches today, we've lost a sense of urgency about the imminent return of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. He is readily interested in establishing earth as a place of peace. But for it to be a place of peace and for heaven to be a place of peace, it can only allow those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life who have the peace with God established by Christ living within them. See, it wouldn't be heaven if there was imperfection and sin there. So God had to deal something with that. And so he did through Christ. When he sent him the first time on that silent night, that holy night. And he will finish. The culmination of the coming of his kingdom is yet to be. And it might be closer than we think. Are you ready? If the Lord was to come back tonight. You can be ready. Ready. I invite you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, tonight, if there's anyone in this room who would doubt their salvation or doubt if you were to return tonight or if they would slip on into eternity, uh, even this very week, where they would go, I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would tonight surrender their lives to you. Your word says that we're to repent and to believe, repent to be turning away from the way we've been living and our double-mindedness, sometimes our indifference and turning towards you. And we pray tonight, God, if there is an individual who does not have the assurance of their salvation, that they would live for you with peace forever, that they would repent, they would turn, and they would believe and receive you as the Prince of Peace into their life. Lord, by a simple prayer, In this candlelight service, I pray, God, that they would make that decision. And Lord, for those of us who have made that decision, and on this quiet night as we look towards the Christmas Day events tomorrow, may we reestablish the prominence of you in our life and worship you in the beauty of your holiness, but also in the beauty of your imminent return that could happen any night. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we're able to worship you. And, Lord, as we draw our thoughts together in this candlelight service, I just pray that each and every person would privately take their life tonight and offer up a sincere word of praise and prayer and even petition for your peace to be freshly established each and every day of their life.